Hello everyone and welcome back to Just Interesting People podcast. Um, thank you so much for joining us again for another episode. Today we are talking to our good friend Alex. He's French, but we've met him here in Miami. Jeremy's going to introduce you a little bit more just to get to know him and his background and then we'll dive into the interview. Thank you, Rosie. Um, so yeah, today we welcome Alex. Um, we met Alex pretty much two years ago in Miami um, through some business and um, yeah, I was like, damn, another Frenchie. Uh, I didn't come to Miami to meet another French guy, but hell. Um, and no, he, he, Alex is the definition of an interesting guy. Um, you're going to see through the episode, uh, he had a pretty eventful life, uh, full of ups and downs, especially in business. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. It's going to be about business. It's going to be about how to to create and execute a business and how to keep going um, even when you hit some rocks on the road. Um, so yeah, thank you, Alex, for being with us. Thank you very much for having me with you guys. It's a pleasure. Um, so uh, let, let's start with the beginning of your story about how, how you got started in, in, in the business industry, into entrepreneurship. Um, I know that you come from a family that always had a business. Uh, so you have entrepreneurship in your blood, I would say, in your DNA. Um, but how, how did you start? How, how did everything start? Well, before I'm going to answer this, I just want to first say congratulations on this podcast. I think it's amazing. But most importantly, I was really touched by your first guest. So I wanted to, uh, uh, to, uh, to say that, uh, yeah, I was inspired by him. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you for creating the podcast. I think it's a fantastic thing. I think people have a lot of stories and it's all about telling your story and ultimately speaking everybody's interesting yeah even when you walk uh through the surf side in the park and i don't know if you um if you remember this homeless guy uh, that's always there uh, really well dressed actually uh, do, do you know which one i'm talking yeah. about uh who's <laughs> yeah, there do, yeah. every day disciplined he pulls out his Bible, his rosary. He looks phenomenal, but he's definitely homeless. And, uh, you know, we pass by every day by a guy like this. And I keep thinking, you know, what's his story? Yeah. So ultimately speaking, what you are doing is fantastic. And now I'm going to start my story. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it was always in my DNA. Uh, my father... Uh, my grandfather was a great businessman. My father is more of a spiritualist and a philosopher, even though he was naturally thrown into the world of business, he never truly succeeded because he was too good. You know, you, you, you need to have a certain degree of, uh, of uh, aggressivity. You know, you need to be aggressive. You need to be able to fight against all obstacles. And my father is not like that. My father is more the type of person who surrenders to everything in life. So in my life, I was always, as far as I can remember, and this is, imagine this, uh, back in 1977, I can tell you that I was at that time five years old. And do you know what I would ask my family and friends to buy me? Candies? <laughs> no. No, sir. <laughs> no. It was a Monopoly game. But, oh. do you, <laughs> but, but do you know why I was asking for a Monopoly game? Because I had tons of them in my closet. Because I was want, asking. Because you wanted why? more money. Exactly. <laughs> I wanted to take the money out of the box. And I would, and I would uh, sneak in into my father's office and take his briefcase. And I would be so happy filling up the briefcase with the Monopoly money. And, you know, and, and you could say that back then, you could say, okay, he was obsessed with money. It wasn't money. But obviously, at that age, 
I had a, uh, an inclination towards this. So we moved from France uh, in uh, 1981, and I was only a child going to middle school. Matter of fact, I went to middle school not too far from where you live, which is uh, up Ivesbury Road behind Aventura Mall, which is called Highland Oaks. And my first year in the United States uh, as a 12-year-old uh, was a bit rough. Yeah, it was a bit rough because I came from a, a, a very normal, stable, loving home. And I arrived in the States in the 80s when, uh, <laughs> let's say it was the glorious years, but it was quite quite yeah, rough. Miami was, was not as good as now, I guess. <laughs> Well, you just have to look at the episodes of Miami Vice to yeah, know what's going on. Scarface, I guess. Yeah, Tony yeah, Montana yeah, everywhere. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. At that time, imagine in in uh, 1984, where I was living uh, on Collins Avenue, which was uh, 15645 Collins Avenue. We had a guy one day that was thrown off his balcony because he didn't pay his debt to the drug dealer and died. Okay, that's oh, but, my goodness. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, this was Miami, but but this was the negative side. The other side, of course, was that everybody was making money and and you know, money really was growing on trees. But I was way too young to experience that. Uh, my uh, my beginning in the states was rough. Was rough. I I, I wasn't physically. I wasn't mentally prepared for the violence that that existed back then even at that age um so um i had to adapt quickly uh luckily for me um uh, i love talking as you can tell <laughs> and, uh, and <laughs> rosie come on <laughs> uh, so so i managed uh, with a very terrible thick french accent I had to manage to survive for many, many years. Um, during these years, I've always um, came up with, with ideas of businesses. Uh, I can recall uh, my first business in the United States uh, in Highland Oaks, where I quickly realized that uh, the lollipops uh, back then, which had a chewing gum, I don't know what they have in, anymore, in Publix, uh, they used to sell the whole bag for a certain price. And I figured out that if I bought the thing wholesale, uh, large bags, I could start selling them in school, meaning I would not go to my class or, or basically ask for the bathroom pass back then. <laughs> and in those, those little doors of the classroom, uh, you have a, a little window. And I would, I would shake my lollipop bag, and then people would come out, ask for a pass, pay me for the lollipop, and uh, there I was. My first business was born. Um, uh, after so usually people start with the lemonade stand. You started with lollipop in school. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yeah, and that's a good point. So um, uh, this little. Uh, business um, uh, evolved into other types of products, right? Um, uh, products. Let, let me underline here in this podcast: no drugs. Okay. Yeah, that sounded a little bit suspicious. Then. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified. Okay. Okay. This is a PG podcast, or is it an R-rated podcast? Yeah, it's explicit. It's fine. We can say oh, whatever okay. we want. <laughs> okay. Great. Uh, so the long story short is. Thanks to this little enterprise, I managed to buy myself a computer and a television. Now, look, in the States back in the early 80s, everybody had a television set in their bedroom, the kids. But remember, I just came from France, okay? Uh, uh, we barely knew how to use eau deodorant under the empreinte, okay, every day. So, so, so I had to adapt quickly. I bought myself the Atari X100XL. I don't know, Jeremy, it was before your time. That means I'm a little bit older than you, I've I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it's ancient, ancient stuff, prehistoric. 
um, I bought the uh, the uh, Atari and uh, I started obviously into the world of gaming and mostly pirating. I was uh, head of the club to pirates, pirate all those games. Um, and, and it evolved, it continued. Um, but I have to say um, from the start that if you take, I'm 47 years old today, yeah? And we are talking about 11, 12 years old. If you take the whole time, I always have to say this everywhere I talk is I've had 99% failures. Okay. Me meaning like I have started so many businesses, most of them failed. Now, this is the truth. Okay. Yeah. That, that's a good point because like <clears throat> most people think that when you start a business is going to be successful, you know, like all you can hear in the news on the TV or you can read online is this guy who started whatever in his garage and, and, and suddenly overnight he's a millionaire, but that's, that's just the highlight. You never hear about the failure, the dark hours, the loneliness, the, the, the hours and hours and hours, the weekends that you spend building, failing before you actually get somewhere. So it's a good point. I, I think it's very good that you uh, underline this this um, this point because you are absolutely right. Um, I always start out in most of my talks by saying I'm the master. I have a PhD in failure. I have a doctorate in failure. I know how to fail in every way possible because the truth of the matter is the truth of the matter is, unless you are born with a silver spoon in your mouth, <laughs> okay, you are going to fail. Yeah. You're going to fall. And here's a surprise. You're going to die one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's the only know when that's the only thing we know when we when we born. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But you know, it, it's funny you mentioned that, Jeremy. It's the only thing we, we are told that will happen to us but you are correct. Nobody prepares us for the failures of our lives, for the challenges that that uh, young man that you had in the podcast in the first part, yeah, you know, that, that, yeah, Harvey, that, that talked about, you know, losing his mother, you know, mm -hmm. and, how, and how he was able to convert that energy into positive okay yeah. so i mean he he himself is embedded with certain talents that enables him to convert that negative energy into positive but 99 percent of the people don't have that inherited inside them and just like in business nobody tells you you're going to fail you know, before it was difficult, it was challenging in the 80s, but now it is extremely challenging. Yeah. What? The environment changes so fast, the technology changes so fast, the market trends changes so fast, everybody is bombarded with images and offers. I mean, how the hell do you come up with something unique today on the market? How? Well, you tell us, because you know how to do that. Well. It, it, it takes time. You, you, you have to borrow from all of your experiences and your failures and your desires and your values and come up with something that is unique. Uh, but it is challenging. Um, everybody always loves the idea of being an entrepreneur, right? Nobody yes. likes to be an employee. Even an employee that has... Uh, embedded into himself DNA as an employee, he dreams of being able to be independent. Yeah, of being but, the boss. Of being the boss. But it is extremely challenging to do that. And many people who will tell you, you know what, Jeremy, I'm an entrepreneur. I decide what I want to do. I'm my own man and I'm happier. That's a lie. There is no freedom. Freedom as an employer, as a self-employed person, or as an employee, there is none. You're going to be a slave to your concept. 
the, the freedom comes from within you, within your state of mind, that's something completely different. But if you think that I'm gonna quit this job to start a business because I wanna be free, that's absolutely- Yeah, no, you, you, you're gonna be working yes. every single evening and every single weekend for exactly, the, few, exactly. <laughs> the first few years. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, uh, you know, because that's the reality. You're absolutely right. It's very important when we talk about entrepreneurship that we do state that the level of difficulty and the complexity and challenges you will encounter are huge today, yeah. huge. So not only do you need to have talents, not only do you need to have passion, not only do you need to have the best freaking idea, not only do you need to have the resource skills experience and knowledge how to run it, and still, when you have all of that, you can you still might not make it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, <laughs> you know, when you when you start a conversation like that, you're like, oh my god, <laughs> so why the hell I'm going to do it? <laughs> why the hell I'm going to do it? And and so that's the question: Why the hell am I doing it? You know, I've done it three times. I've built multi-million-dollar companies three times out of nothing. Yes, at the end it didn't work. I had to rebuild again because once you build something, doesn't mean that it's going to stay forever. You know that this world is ever changing. Right now, it takes a lot of other things in order to support that idea. But the long story short is you yourself have to live in harmony with who you are. That's as simple as that. But what, um, so you said you managed to do it three times. Um, what would you say are the key ingredients uh, to do it? Because uh, everyone's got ideas. Yeah, uh, but most of the time people don't execute well. Correct. Um, and to turn an idea into a successful business, you need execution, you need resources, you need a network as well, and, and, and you need fund. Um, and I mean, most people struggle to find that. How did you manage to reproduce this, those su successful businesses like three times, multiple times? How, how did you do it? The first thing, the first ingredient that you cannot do without is authenticity. What do I mean by authenticity? If you are doing business to just make money, you're doomed. You have to have a purpose within your concept that is going to drive your passion forward. Passion is the second most important key ingredient. If you're passionate about what you do, it doesn't matter whether it becomes a multi-million dollar business or you just pay the bills or hell, you don't pay the bills because you are driven by passion. This is very important for people to understand. Uh, especially people who are not naturally, let's just say, great at communication, say salespeople, right? When you, when you have a concept, when you have an idea, yeah? I mean, look, <clears throat> you may, if you don't know me and you don't know the depth of my human dimension, you may say, oh, he's just a great sales guy from the 80s. We've seen that, you know, Wolf Street, with Leonardo DiCaprio, sounds like the same type of guy. Let's but cute, Yeah, I mean, that, that, you know, that, that's, that's the power, you know? But the truth of the matter is, is that era was not authentic. That's why it never lasted. And that's why all these people today from the 80s are often struggling with it because their first intentions were making money, turning a sales. If you turn and you move away from that into a passion, into a purpose, into something bigger. And let me tell you, Jeremy, 
if you say it, but you don't mean it, it's not going to work. Authenticity has to have two things. Action in harmony with intention. Done. Yeah, that's what's going to keep you going during the, the dark hours, during the weekend, during the evening. Now, if you, if, if you don't believe in what you do, you, you, you're going to stop at one point. You're going to give up at the first difficulty. Absolutely. So that, that's one of the things. The other thing, of course, is, you know, uh, in the past uh, 25 years, I've heard a lot of people telling me ideas, you know, ideas. I wake up in the morning, I have new ideas. You know, everybody can manufacture ideas every day. Means nothing. Means absolutely nothing. If you want to start a business, I will take it apart in a thousand different ways. Because all of these things have to be answered. So passion, of course, is an important ingredient. But if you have a shitty concept and like you said, a terrible execution, <clears throat> so much for your passion. <clears throat> yeah. I have, a, I, I have a, a friend of mine, I won't say his name. Uh, he was a multimillionaire a few times. He's my age. And you know, a lot of people when they go through ups and down, they go through great moment of depressions. I myself was there not too long ago and contemplating suicide. Okay. I'm talking to him every day and he's passionate. Okay. He's passionate about a concept that he had three years ago, which was a cryptocurrency concept. And he has not let it go since then. And I keep telling him, let it go, but he can't do it. And the fact that he's holding on to something that is dead, you understand, is, is, is not helping him. So I'm, I'm, uh, I, I got a meeting after this podcast, uh, 10 p.m., and I'm going to drag him and force him to get into my concept. If anything, he's going to get my positive attitude right now uh, because he's in a very bad place at this time. But this guy was a multimillionaire many times but he's holding on a failed concept but i understand i mean it's not it's, it's not easy when you when you have invested money and time and energy and effort into something you believe for like years and and years like it's not easy to let go like really because you you don't want because letting go would be like i just wasted my time i wasted my money and then it's it's hard to have this awareness to say like well yeah okay i that was not the right thing um and i've learned from it but i i, I understand and i think a lot of people actually struggle with letting go of this kind of things because because yeah of all the time we invested we 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 still believe we can save whatever can be saved well jeremy isn't it the primary lesson for all aspects of our lives yeah, to yeah, learn that, that to learn to let yeah. go yeah yeah <laughs> to learn to let go yeah uh, same to stay in relationship in, or whatever yeah. same in relationship same in in finding all the excuses in the world to keep an employment when we know this is making us unhappy keeping friends around yeah. that we know are poisoning our lives yeah so so yeah absolutely it's along that line let me tell you something. At 47, I've learned one key thing is you can't be good in everything, right? You can't. Yeah. You can be great at creating, at communication, but then you won't be great at the financing and the managing, whatever it is. If you have a business and it succeeds, and had I done that each time, each of the three concepts where I turned multi-million dollar business, if I had sold a part of that company to an organization that was highly specialized in all I wasn't good at, it would have worked. But, but just like not letting go, it was my baby. I'm the yeah. big boss, yeah? I created it. <laughs> You're kidding? 
You, I have a baby and I'm going to let you take my baby for a month? Are you crazy? Yeah, that, that's pride. That's pride. Yeah. So you would say that another key ingredient then is, is learn how to delegate. Learn how to delegate. Know your limitations. Look for synergies or synergetic people who can complement your weaknesses and bring them on onto your concept right okay well that's the thing because no one's good at doing absolutely everything i mean even me and my like small dog photography business it's not huge or anything but i have jeremy doing my invoices my finances my all the boring stuff and then i do all the creative photography fun stuff obviously he gets to cuddle dogs but i mean it's so important to bring someone on that can help you and like move you forward and you know be in that position where you can ask for help yeah that's actually a really really good point rosie because um like and and again that's one of the things that is not said enough about entrepreneurship about being self-employed uh you know like people say like i don't know yeah i love photography um i love photography so i'm gonna create a photography business thing is like the day you decide to create a business you're actually gonna spend only maybe 30% 30% of the time doing actually what you want less mm-hmm. than that yeah you're gonna spend Not even 10 you, you're gonna spend the rest of the time reaching out to people trying to find clients dealing with paperwork mm-hmm. that everyone hates finance shit like the, the, yeah you, you're not gonna be taking photograph all day long that's bullshit and it's true for everything else um, so you need a massive amount of knowledge and skills to, to start a business uh, and until you reach the point where you can afford to get help and support an employee, uh, you're going to have to do it all at the beginning. And, and that can get overwhelming. And that's that's why you spend weekends and evenings uh, working is because, yeah, you, you've got a lot to do on a plate. I think that's also why a lot of businesses fail because, you know, they haven't got the skills to do everything. So they start failing in one aspect and rather than asking for help or hiring someone, you know, they just think, oh, well, I can't do it, so I'll give up. And I guess that's why a lot of businesses fail because they don't get the support that they need. Yes, and, and, and let me tell you, there's a new generation, which is yours. They're called the millenniums. I am the old guy, okay? The millenniums, well, not yet, but, but there's, some, there's something good about you guys. There's something I love about the millenniums. You know what it is? We're younger. Well, well, that's obvious, but... It's the fact that you've got an open source mentality. What do I mean by open source? I I, I use it now in my new uh, venture, but open source means that you can enlist other people with other talents to join your venture without paying them, but with the promise of being part of it. Look, everybody is struggling to look for a way out, okay? And now, unless you are the best, uh, okay, let's start from the beginning. You wanna start a business and you come to me. What's the first question I'm gonna ask you? The first question I'm gonna ask you is what is so damn unique about your service? And you're gonna be like, "Uh, well, um," although, Rosie and you have understood that very early because Rosie, for example, selected specifically photography for dogs, which I told you was a brilliant idea. So, so you understand what I'm trying to say? I, yeah, I have a USP. Yeah. What, 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 is, what is your unique value proposition? And then we can talk about, you know, go to market strategy and all that crap, you know, that's the easy stuff. For me, sales is the easy stuff. But if you give me something crap and something not unique, go home. I don't have time. There's nothing. It's too many of everything. How the hell are you going to make it? And, um, okay, so so we, we, we've been talking about what you need to create a business and uh, the thing on thing I like to to discuss with you is how you keep going. Um, like you said, like you, whatever you're gonna do, you're gonna fail in your life, uh, especially in business. Uh, you're gonna fail many times. Um, 
you failed a few times. You went really high and, and you ended up really low. Um, yes, yes, yes. How do you manage to get up every time? To, <sighs> where do you find the motivation to keep going and also to, to say like, I'm going to do it again? Because, you know, most people, like, they get slapped in the face once. They were like, hell, I'm not going, I'm not doing that again. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm stepping away. I'm going to do something normal or whatever. So I'm not going to risk everything again. How, how do you find the energy, the, the power, the motivation to do it all over again and again? Like, where is that coming from and what drives you? Oh, you are very profound in this podcast, Jeremy. <laughs> My God. You're going to bring out all my emotions. I'm going to start crying again. This is terrible. Oh, yeah. I just love Jeremy. He just knows how to uh, poke you exactly where he needs to poke you. I know you're <laughs> I, I, Yeah, you little devil. Well, look, I mean, truth is that's very hard to do. And as you get older, it really takes a toll on you. And this is something also my hope from this podcast that people will take with them. You're young, you're spunky, you're full of energy. You can get smacked and get up, but don't be so cocky. Things change as you get older. And every time you get hit harder, one time you may stay down. So the question is what makes me find the enthusiasm that I should have lost a long time ago, especially after this last period of my life. It's interesting you use this word right now. Because I think most people would have said, how do I find the motivation? And you use the word enthusiasm. That's quite interesting you pick this word. Yeah, because enthusiasm has more feelings, motivation. You know, like, yeah. This is why we are friends. This is why this podcast is special. This is why your guests are special. They add the human dimension. Motivation, ah, enthusiasm is what you really need. It's the passion. It's the love. How can you love? If you have lost and been dumped by 10 girlfriends, how can you find it in your heart? To fall in love with another woman yeah enthusiasm how can how can i do that well to be honest with you that's one of a very hard question because this past time i've contemplated whether or not i should create again another business and really leave something behind like a legacy like something and my energy level was so low and you need so much energy. Everything was low, including the finances and everything. But I looked at my alternative. What was my alternative? Work as a consultant for 100,000 a year. I've never worked as an employee in my life. You know, I may, I may actually start a job and tell the owner what he's doing wrong with his whole business. I don't think it's going to go well. Probably not. <laughs> probably not. Uh, probably not. And, I, and, and, and this is the thing. But, but okay, if we, because I know Jeremy's looking for the profound meaning. Yeah? He's not looking for the surface. And he's digging. You're a good interviewer. Thank you. I, I think it's the fact that I was born with a dream. And that dream was to make a difference in the world and to create something so incredible yeah that i felt i was destined to do that and i cannot for the life of me no matter how bad i got and god knows this past year i've hit the lowest point of my life um i just wouldn't I wouldn't go down the route of giving up or suicide. I, I, I can't. I, I go into survival mode. Now, now, I don't look for business. For, for the past six months, as you know, I've been traveling around the world with a backpack. And, and I've been trying to 
find myself again because again who is alex who am i that's, that, that's gonna be too long let's not go there yeah let's not go there we'll need another <laughs> podcast and, and this is terrible but yeah but 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 you know how can you ever find yourself if you're within your own surrounding staying with the same friends being with the same people so i went through a sort of a cleansing a detox and it's only last december that i healed myself forgave myself and allowed myself to create and a new idea was born it was born naturally so the answer is very simple i don't know how to live in any other way jeremy uh, I, I, I certainly do not, um, uh, you know, uh, condone suicide or even promote suicide. But I just, I, I don't know any other way, and I will never accept any other way. Uh, you need it in your life, yeah. That you just need. I it. need it. I need it, but I, I don't need to push it because every time I created a concept that was highly successful, it was really driven out of passion. And so it, it didn't have in the forefront, I got to make money, I got to have my millions, you know, it, it, it had a meaning, yeah, but, but these past uh, years, I've lost even the thirst or the enthusiasm to create, but it was born again, but it was born again, because I left everything behind. And I went searching for myself. And uh, yeah, I had to do a lot of work. On myself which i know jeremy you're doing right, right yeah now. but what i find interesting about you is that every time you have a new business like you want to take it like straight to the top like you you know like we had this conversation many times about like oh i've got this idea i could do that and you know it's gonna make me a few yeah. thousands and then and, and that'll be cool I'll, I'll have a fun life no like you 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 want to go straight for the sky like it's like it's going to be a multi-million business or it's not going to do anything. <laughs> yeah, more, more than a multi-million dollar business. Or legacy. Although, uh, yeah, yeah, but, but, but it is simplistically in the world of business about revenues, right? But you're absolutely right. It is, look, it's the same thing going back to my childhood. I believe wholeheartedly that I must leave behind a footprint in this world that will make a difference that 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 is with me i can't get rid of it yeah so so of course i, I don't but but you're right you're saying okay but you can leave a footprint by just making a difference in the life of one person you meet yes you're correct and i'm doing this every day since i left my old life Every day, I promised myself during my detox that I will go out of my way to make a difference in one person's life, a stranger, every single day since last June. And I did that. And I made sure of that. But ultimately, my aim is to really do something incredible. Look, all these failures, all this suffering, and God knows I suffer. I mean, uh, okay, we all suffer. I mean, I, I hear the, uh, the the guy from your first podcast, and you know, he had to deal with something that I haven't dealt with, which is the death of my mother. And you know how close I am to my parents, right, Jeremy? Yeah. So it's going to be really tough. So it, it his conversation hit home, you know, like it really like touched my heart, you know, in many ways. Um everything has an emotion attached to it and unfortunately we will never remove it uh, some people will say yeah you're cold you know how you have cold people non-communicative and then you have the communicative people like me right they we are all beings filled with emotions energy emotions constantly we are not going to get away from that and we have to deal with that as well so now because um, you think i'm going in all this di different direction i'll bring it back to the jeremy style okay the emotional intelligence 
is should be at the forefront of your entrepreneurship. I love that. Uh, let's jump on that. Um, how would you explain emotional intelligence to someone who's never heard about that? And how can you learn or how can you improve it? Well, yeah, I, I love this subject. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you're, you're crazy about it. Yeah. Uh, look, look, emotional intelligence. Okay. We are born and we are taught by society to follow a certain curriculum. When I say curriculum, could be academic or could be the home life, right? But, but not a single time during this upbringing, which by the way, are the most important formative time for us as human beings, do we discuss about emotional intelligence? What is emotional intelligence? Is the management of your emotions. How do you manage your emotions? Yeah, we, we live in relationships every day, whether it's with your girlfriend, your wife, your friends, your coworker, right? And it's filled with conflicts because, because that's life. But mainly all the conflicts in the world can be resolved by learning to manage your emotions. Emotions is the one thing that can make us almighty and all powerful. Nothing else, not money, not power, nothing. You understand? Nothing matters except your ability to manage your emotions and therefore help other manage theirs. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and <clears throat> when you're talking, I was looking through my notebook because uh, recently with Rosie, we did uh, a personal growth uh, online class called Lifebook. And one of the subjects was emotional life. And one of the things I wrote on my book, I'm just going to read it, is EQ, so emotional intelligence, is as important as or even more as IQ because we always talk about IQ, right? But we never mm -hmm. talk about EQ. And yeah, Rola, yeah, it has to be taken care of and can be improved with practice. Uh, yeah, like we don't we don't take care of our EQ in school. We, well, we never hear about it. Yeah, actually, so. uh, it's a good point. And let me just say that the IQ you are born with a certain level of IQ, and it can only be raised a few points above it. No matter how many books, if I tell you, Jeremy, I'm gonna lock you in a mountain, you're gonna go with the monks, okay? And I'm gonna put you next to Buddha and you're gonna read thousands of books, man, for the next 30 years of your life. Do you know your IQ will not go more than two points? All right, okay, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> mm -hmm. However, IQ is like a muscle. EQ, I'm sorry, EQ is like a muscle you can refine it and improve it consistently through your life. And that is the one single thing that we've never been taught. Go back to kindergarten, okay? Where somebody uh, pushes you and you're, hey, somebody pushed me, and then she says, bad, bad boy, go over there. You come here, Jeremy, well, go there. This is how Conflict management has been taught to us for the past 20 years. Yeah. You, question, you question why we have wars? Are you crazy? We are complete idiots in the academic world because we are forgetting the most important thing. When we lose somebody we care, when we divorce, when we break up, when we lose things that are dear to us, God knows you both have gone through that. Who taught you how to deal with that, Jeremy? Well, no one. We just no one. Yeah. <laughs> find yeah. it in ourselves yeah. somehow. Yeah. I don't even somehow. know how. I, I won't even be able to <laughs> yeah. say how, but yeah. yeah. It just it, it was there, I guess, somewhere. And yeah. And 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 imagine and imagine that uh, without giving description, what you went through millions of people go through and yet why is it that we have never been equipped with the tools 
in order to manage these losses and these emotions? Tell me that. I don't know. Because, because we, yeah, well, I know because we don't we don't talk about emotions because we don't we hide emotions. Uh, our the the school, the society, and everything wants us to be robot. Like we don't, you know, like be this way, act this way, behave this way, and don't make any trouble. Like uh, no, I, and so you're right. We 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 yeah we we are conditioned to hide emotions um yeah correct and and showing up emotions is not normal it's not accepted yeah. and and so that that that's why it's because like yeah like shit happens in the world every yeah. single yeah. day but <coughs> no one talks about it it's it's a no. massive taboo like yeah, and and, and taboo. everyone pretends that nothing is happening correct that, and that's that, true that, for like a lot of subjects yeah that instagram your life is perfect and everyone else's life is worse yeah, yeah. correct this is why I love your first guest. Yeah, he, he's a he's a tough guy. I don't know how he looks. But, oh God, but, you know, <laughs> he looks tough. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if I can take him on in a boxing ring. You know? No. <laughs> Excuse me, Jeremy. You don't know I'm a black belt. How dare you? No, but he he's a he's a he's a tough guy. He's a really tough guy, and and yet he was so forthcoming that. Even before he even managed to tell his story, he hit the audience with something that nobody dares to talk about. That shows a dimension, a, a, a dimension for me, it shows. I don't know him, I have never met him, but I'd like to know him because he was not afraid. And Jeremy, and that's a good point. We are really taught to hide it, you know? Like my mother comes from the old, we don't talk about it, you know? If you separate it, nobody talks about it. We need to talk about it. The only way we can evacuate this sadness, this feeling, this suffering, is to talk about it. That's why, that's why we have a voice, and that's why we, you know, we're not alone, yeah? I mean, Rosie posted some things recently, you know, right, Rosie? And that everybody kind of what, what did i post uh, when it happened and your loss and everything and everybody yeah. started kind of gathering around oh yeah my blog post recently yeah yeah and and i was very touched by it what did you do you you came out and expressed yourself something that is not natural like uh, like jeremy says we just shut up you know we just i think okay, that's the thing especially with that subject with infant loss oh, yeah. and miscarriage and abortion and things yeah. it's especially not talked about um but for me it's almost healing to write something and to tell people about it and have people read it or listen to my stories it's it's like therapy for me which is, I know it sounds weird to like write about it and put it online and have people read it but it helps me but I also think there's subjects like this that do need to be talked about so because nobody else is doing that kind of thought well I need to because you know it happens every single day millions of you know millions of people go through this so Someone's got to be brave enough to open up the conversation, I guess. Yeah, that's exactly uh, what uh, you say. You need to be brave enough to be yeah, to reach exactly. that that level of vulnerability. You need mm -hmm. fucking courage. Yes, and, and that's correct. what we that's what we miss right now. It's courageous people <laughs> ready to yeah. open up. You're you're right, and and look at me. I've never had children. Always dreamt of having children. And what do I know about miscarriages? What 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 can a man who never had, right? a child know about it. But what did you do with your post? You created awareness. So let's just say you did it selfishly, okay? Just to unload your pain. Through that, first you educated people like me. And then you called out for all the other people and God knows there are millions of people. Why is it not talked about? Why? Why? It, it leaves it leaves a devastating for a woman. It leaves a devastating footprint in her life. So why are we not talking about? Well, that particular, I think it's shame because you know women are told from a young age you must get married and have kids, and then if you don't want kids, you're shamed for it. But even if you do want kids and it doesn't happen successfully, 
however many times you know it's the shame of like you know what's wrong with me why can't i do this simple thing that i was put on the earth to do and good point like, I, don't, I don't i personally don't feel shame i you know my miscarriages happen and they happen all the time and obviously the abortion was a completely different story but i think a lot of why people don't talk about things is shame from what other people are going to think about it and mm-hmm. honestly it has taken me a little while to accept it um well, not like I don't think I ever particularly did feel shame because I know it's just biology and it's mm-hmm. just what happens. Like it's not, it's nothing to do with me as a person or me as a woman or anything. Um, anyway, this conversation's completely taken a turn. We're supposed to be talking <laughs> <Yeah>. about business, not <laughs> infant last bit. That's fine. Thank you anyway for saying okay. that it's inspired you and that, like you, you know, learned from it because that's ultimately what I what I want to do with talking about it. and I want to talk about it more actually and probably do a podcast on it as well and really open up the conversation because it's something that like you said no one talks about and no one reads about and I guess it's the first time you've ever heard someone's first-hand experience of a miscarriage so it's great that you know you read it and thank you for doing that and thank you for the support no it's 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 look uh you you know me I'm unscripted uh sometimes I'll say things that may not necessarily be uh popular but but you know I, I I watch your post and and I felt it you know, and, and, but I felt it in a way that I've never seen it before. Do you understand what I mean as a man? I mean, mm. try, try to separate, you know, I don't know. It's, it's just maybe another topic on podcast, but, but it, <laughs> it, it's, it's a whole different topic. We're going off the entrepreneur, you know, Jeremy's going to yell at us and he's going to put, <laughs> I, I know it. He's going to put me in the corner and say, I'll never bring you back on a freaking podcast again. No, okay, just, yeah, guys. I, I like this subject so no but it's okay. interesting because yeah so we like I, I'm, I'm actually uh reading a book right now um and it's called daring greatly by Brené brown and the title is how the courage to be vulnerable transforms the way we live love parent and lead and that's exactly about it like how shame is blocking everything we do and how to let go of that to be to be brave enough to dare and be vulnerable uh, and how how this is going to open doors opportunities new relationship and everything uh yeah i highly recommend this book it's 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 a great uh it brings a lot of value about that um very yeah, interesting yeah, yeah very yeah. interesting I, I highly recommend it you you know jeremy i was thinking about what used to bother me a lot when i began to have a particular company that became quite huge it kind of gave me a sort of a platform as you know to talk to thousands of people around the world and i discovered um something that i love doing without knowing i knew how to do it which was basically public speaking and and um and I have to tell you, when I was doing this public speaking engagement, which, by the way, I never, ever charge, and I would never charge for this in front of thousands of people, I, I used to have people come to me and hug me and cry and, and all these things and say, oh, all these, these things that made me feel, of course, very good inside. But you, you know what bothers me the most about motivational speakers and people who go out charge people because they have the secret to success you know what it is no they tell you they're on top and you can do it too they never ever ever talk about the fact that 99% of their audience who pays $400 to see their damn ass will fail and that mean? meaning that most people who go to these seminars, let's say Tony Robbins, you can do it, you can walk on fire and everything, right? But they don't tell you about what we spoke about, the failures, the right. challenges. So that means that you pay for something because you idolize. First, you don't idolize yourself. Okay. I used to hate doing seminars and people say, oh, you're so great. You're so amazing. You're touching life. No, you are amazing. There's nothing extraordinary about me. It's only extraordinary because I have millions of dollars and I can hire the best stage and the best music 
and I love speaking, okay? But <laughs> there is nothing. I'm ordinary. I have to go take a shit every day. I have to eat, just <laughs> like you, just like the richest person. Yeah. Steve, Steve Jobs died. He never got to see his yacht that he built. Come on. But again, I think we're onto something very big here, Jeremy, is what you're talking about. Who talks about failure? I used to always, always hate going to motivational speaker because they used to tell me, I can do it and you can do it too. You just have to follow me and walk on this damn stone. And they're like, oh, oh, oh. and then you go back to your life and then you encounter all of the challenges and the emotional issues you haven't dealt with and you fail. Yeah. So ultimately what they should be teaching is how to fail and how to keep going and anyway. Rosie, you got it. You are a genius. No wonder yes. Jeremy fell in love with you. <laughs> You're a genius. Yes, yes, yes. I would love to create a university for PhD in failure. Well, do it. We actually talked about this recently with a friend that we were saying that like at school, you know, if you get something wrong, you get told off about it. Or, you know, if you're at work and you do something wrong, get told off about it. Um, But there's no like, okay, you failed, but that's, you know, that's fine. Let's focus on the positive or let's move on from that. And how can we keep going from there rather than just like, you know, seeing the negative (sighs) side of failing? Because I think, you know, every time you fail, you learn from it and you improve so that the next time you might fail at something different, but you're not going to fail you know, two, three, four, five times doing the same thing, you'll learn each time. And I think eventually that's where, you know, progress comes from and where you, you do something amazing in the end. But like you said, society and the people around you are reinforcing the bad things, right? You felt it's bad. Yeah. Right now I'm sitting. You fail, you're a loser. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's, that, yeah, that's exactly. what we so are I've, being taught. I, I failed in my last business and here I am today in Biarritz, France, and my mother, who's in Singapore, says, oh, my son, you need to go get a job and everything. But she forgets that this house that I'm staying here is a half a million dollar house that I bought her 15 years ago with my success. So again, we don't live in accordance to what everybody else tells us. We cannot let outside forces affect us it cannot happen cannot happen and sometimes the outside force is within your family hey you're in trouble you're in trouble you're in trouble well that's been an amazing conversation i didn't expect to go this way but i loved it (laughs) yeah me too it was fun i i had no idea we were going this way either But yeah, it's all, like, let's yeah, just let, let's just blame Rosie. She's the. Oh, it's all my fault. She, yeah, it's all your fault. You just have a cool accent, so we're gonna just blame you. Um, no, yeah, it, it's been really interesting and inspiring, and, and 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 I think we provided a lot of value for everyone listening. So thank you, Alex, for thank for, you for opening up. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, where can we follow you? What's your next big thing that people can look at? Um, navisgo.com is my next big thing and it's going to start in June it's going to start in June it's uh, sort of an R&B but on water I'm trying to connect the boating world with the travelers Uh, I'm doing an open source style so it's different than Airbnb and uh, it's navisgo.com and thank you very much for giving me that space it was such a pleasure speaking with you guys Thank you. Uh, once again, thank you. Uh, and I'm sure we could have another few episodes together. You would have many things to yeah. talk about. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to charge me, are you, for the next episode? <laughs> not, not yet. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. You know, Rosie, I always have to check with Jeremy. He's the business guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess. Um, now, once again, thank you, Alex. Uh, thank you. Uh, for opening for us. Um Everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you did, please follow and subscribe the podcast. And obviously make sure you share it with lots of friends and family so everyone can listen to these stories and learn from our good friend Alex here. And again, thank you so much, Alex. It was wonderful talking to you again. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. Stay tuned and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.